Well, hello, everyone. It's been two months. <laughs> yeah, it's been. <laughs> it's been two months since we did this show. Uh. uh, uh what band is that? Uh, Bare Naked Ladies? Is that who it is? Yeah, I saw them on the Rockboat Cruise a couple years ago. And it was an experience. <laughs> it was just like watching... B&L, man. It was a, like a bunch of dads mm. just having a goofy time on stage. They were having fun. Who's the who's the all star? Who like the hey Smash now. Mouth? Smash Mouth. That's the one. I've seen. There's a bunch of videos of that guy like recently, and he's just yeah, like. I think I think they kind of, <laughs> I think they called it quits recently. Oh man, that, that it's it's some good entertainment. Yeah, it's kind of depressing though. Because I don't know. Is in it? in ninety? What year was did did Astro Lounge come out? Ninety nine or two thousand? Whenever Shrek came out. Yeah, no, it was before Shrek. Astro mm. Lounge was before Shrek. Uh, they were like the biggest band ever, and yeah. like because of that song "All Stars" everywhere. And then the last few videos of them, <laughs> like oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Just look up uh, "Smash Mouth Singer Drunk" and you'll find it. It's kind of depressing, honestly. I find it just <laughs> extraordinarily amusing. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and fun fact, at this very moment, across the, through the wall behind my camera, uh, the Novo show is recording. So I oh, hope cool. I hope we're bleeding in. And, yeah, I hope we are too. Maybe just talk super loud through your well, wall. When I was getting all this set up, I uh, I was trying to monitor, and I had my my headphones on, but my my reference monitors on my desk were on. Oh, and I didn't know, yeah. and I turned the <laughs> on my Apollo. I turned the monitor mix like all the way up, and it just went. Yeah. <laughs> That'll so, happen. That'll in the most happen. recent episode, you'll hear it. <laughs> Good. That's great. That's great. Uh, shout out to the Discord chat, our lovely patrons. Sorry that we have uh, been out of out of action for the last. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. We got a thing. That's a lot nicer than the test message you put up before the stream started. <laughs> um, Cocky Dots in the in the chat says got a Skylark GA five T and a Gibson ES three thirty five. Santa was good to you. That's a very oh, good. It's a very good haul. For Christmas. Um, yeah, if you guys want to join the patron patronage, the Patreon, we are going to start doing this again uh, regularly on a weekly yeah. basis. The The show is back. Also, shout out to everyone who was commenting on our live streams and my videos about, hey, where's Dipped in Tone? Where's Dipped in Tone? Yep. It's uh, it, it very encouraging. It was sorely missed, and now now it's back. And here well, we are. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get a game plan, but now now I have a hard line. Mm-hmm. Now I've got my room, like my new office. I don't know. Have it I, looks nice. Did we do one in here? Yeah, I don't remember. I'm be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, there's a big amp over my shoulder. We can talk about later. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it, now I feel more comfortable. Uh, but uh, before we get into it, whatever we get into, uh, what's been going on with you? Oh man. I mean the whole episode could just be catching up over the last two months. I mean Rah, yeah. um I went and made an album in Germany, mm-hmm. which was super fun. Uh then did a little vacation in Paris with my wife and with my best friend and his wife. Um and came home and got back to work. So that's basically it. I mean, yeah. it, I, I could go into further detail, but I feel like I would bore everyone. The The album process was incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? Man, so um, 
2022. Feels weird. Doesn't it feel weird to say that? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, too many twos. It. Uh, I, I wanted to finally incorporate uh, everything I've been doing for Mythos was was just under the blanket of me, which is is easy, but um, needed to separate myself from the business in case you know. Mm-hmm. somebody sues us I, mm-hmm. I hope it never happens but it, it make it easier for payroll and all that stuff too so now uh starting llc what a nightmare of tax forms and visits to the state and like going into the county clerk office and all that stuff that has been but you know what apart from the most recent thing which is the last step where i have to get unemployment insurance uh for the guys like if they if they apply for unemployment i have to have all that set up with the state to say i'm a real business and they're gonna get you know Mm, compensation sure um every other office i've been to has been so great and all the people working there for like the department of revenue in tennessee and um the county clerk the office like the business office and all that stuff they've been so nice but the department of labor not they don't want to talk to you at all. I'm like, mm. I just need to know how to like file this form because I don't know what these things mean. Like, what do you not know? Like, what? <laughs> uh, all of it? I don't know. <laughs> so that's the last step. But now it's, you know, we have to figure out how we're going to do our taxes. Is it going to be an S Corp? Is it just going to be a single member LLC? It's all sorts of stuff and it's so complicated. So I did that last year and I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, my process was so easy. Like forming an LLC, like I didn't do any of that stuff. And it's because I hired a lawyer to do all that, basically. Right. And also, I don't have any employees. Right. Yeah. So I don't have to do the unemployment stuff. But mm-hmm. payroll. And you're not like in manufacturing. True. Um, you're not selling retail. I'm just manufacturing sick tones and <laughs> sweet videos, bro. Manufacturing riffs, dog. I'm manufacturing content, bro. Because, like, <laughs> we had to get. <laughs> We had to get uh, like a sales and use tax and then a franchise excise tax stuff. I, got, I don't, Jesus. So, don't yeah, it was a lot of stuff, but uh, I feel very grown up and uh, I'm technically a CEO and that's kind of cool. <laughs> Whoa. So, how about Look at that? you. Yep. Now you can wow. actually put that on your Instagram. I should. You should. And CEO. Our, and our, our, our LLC name is Be Heroic Industries and. Uh, I like it. It was going to be Lucky Pants LLC, but we decided <laughs> to mm. go with the Be Heroic. I think mine's called Plan A Media. That sounds right. That sounds like what you've said. I think so. I think so. Well, listen, this is not a business podcast. This is a guitar and tone and playing podcast. At least it was last time we did this. Maybe it's changed. <laughs> yeah. Let's alienate all of the people that have enjoyed it. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the differences between filing taxes as an S-corp versus an individual. So. Uh, pass-through entity, please. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So that was uh, any any new gear acquisitions we need to know about? I'm sure there are. <sighs> so I much. I know of one. Uh, what, do you have any? You should go first because I don't know apart from several. your no, you, Epiphone. I asked you first. No, no. Okay. You go first. I have several. Well, I'm going to save one for uh, our... Um, your what do we call the, the le- our shill of the week? What do we call it? <laughs> I can't remember anything. Um, so over my left shoulder, let me move. Let's see. There you go. There it is. Uh, that and and that is um, that's a PRS 
HX, not the HDRX, because Line 6 got them, um, but the HX50, and then matching 4x12 cabinet. Whoa. Whoa. So um, I got the Marshall Bug, and this one showed up at Guitar Center, uh, Blem, and I don't know what's wrong with it. I couldn't really find any blems. There's a slight scratch on the face of it. What if the blem was it just sounded like shit? <laughs> well, you know what's weird? It does do one weird thing, and I'll, I'll talk about it. But um, I was like, you know what? It's been a crazy year. Let's let's go for it. And so I Blow got that. Out. And then I called up my uh, friends at Midwood uh, Guitar Studio in uh, North Carolina, I believe. Uh, and they had the 4x12, and they hooked it up. And uh, that has spoiled me because I I haven't played a large amp. But, well, I've I've played loud amps, but not multiple speakers like that amps in years. Mm. And now when I play the Victoria, I'm like, eh. the Two Rock still has like its thing that is so incredible. But every time I play anything else and I plug into that, it's like holy hell it's incredible but it's 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 basically for people that don't know a replica of like the marshall that jimmy potentially used at it was one of jimmy's actual heads and it's might be one of the ones he used at woodstock but it was uh they got permission from the hendrix estate and it's a uh, technically like a hendrix licensed product and it sounds so good that's cool i have one complaint though it's ugly. It's so ugly. I, I kind of like it. I don't mind it. But it doesn't look at all like it sounds. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing about the aesthetic of that head that tells you, hey, this is, like, Woodstock-era Hendrix kind of Marshall sounds. You know? Mm -hmm. It looks like a, a modern, super clean, like, 6L6 pedal platform amp. You, I feel like if it didn't have... Um... Uh, the little there's a there's a grill on the top of the front panel. If it didn't have that, it would look more like a traditional Marshall. But it gets pretty hot, so I can appreciate why it's there. Um, the only thing that's really weird about it, um, and Calcidas, he's got the hundred water. Um, on mine, when I turn both the volumes down, the signal still comes through. Mm. But I mean, maybe like, Jimmy's did that. Maybe that's like an original. That's well, like he a said, feature, not a bug. He said his Calcidas says his doesn't do that, but his oh. is the hundred watt. So I don't know, but it sounds. I mean, you're not going to play it on zero, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like well, who cares? <laughs> but yeah, and then I haven't really talked about this, except, except in private. But yep. I got this. Wow. Are you just, dude? You're. Do you realize what's happening to you right now? I, I'm my my uh, law degree. Yeah, your blue law in. degree is like starting to. Maybe you just got it framed and hung up on your wall, and so it's time to start buying all the PRS stuff. Is that what's yeah. happening? No, I just like. So what happened was I on uh, on Craigslist, I found the Gator desk that you have. Right. And it was unopened, and then I got there, gave the guy the money. He's like, "Yeah, like I bought one of these, and it had a missing part." And I emailed them, and they just sent me a whole nother one, and then I found the part. <laughs> it's like, so you got this for free, and I'm paying you $400 for it? Uh. But anyway, it was still a great deal, and so I bought it. And um, on the way back, McKinley and I went to Guitar Center because it was like right by, and I thought, let's just go look. And this was hanging on the wall, and uh, I was like, damn, that looks good. And got it down and uh, just... 
strummed a few chords and plugged it into just a Tom King Imperial. And I was like, well, there it there is. There it is. And the, all, my is. only complaint uh, is it's it's wired like the modern Gibson way, which I don't even think they do anymore, but there's like modern and vintage, vintage wiring. Uh-huh. And this has the modern. So when you roll back, all of your highs kind of disappear. Oh, um, right. And I, I hate that. Um, but it play, it's impeccably well made. It plays super well. And it's just a remarkable instrument. It's a McCarty 594 hollow body too. So it's a full hollow uh, thing, except underneath the bridge, there's like a, this weird block thing that con- connects the top and the back. So how's uh, the feedback with that? If you're, I mean, if, if I'm playing through that and it's really loud, it, it, it howls a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, these are potted pickups ever so slightly. So I think that helps fight a lot of the, the really bad inherent feedback that you would get from like a, you know, 335 sort of thing, mm-hmm. or, you know, but it, it's not so bad, but it's very controllable, but it's nice. just so loud acoustically and... Um, yeah, and I was gonna sell my DGT, but then I started playing that. I'm like, that's cool too. I should, I should keep it. <laughs> so, have you gotten your uh, audition yet for your yacht rock cover band, or is that I, next I, week? Or I'm gonna finally learn all my Grateful Dead the, the tunes and start playing that. <laughs> like, I, I don't like Grateful Dead, by the way. I don't, I don't know either. Know that about I'm sorry. Me. No, okay, it's okay. Good. I'm I'm not a deadhead, and I've tried. I genuinely have tried several times because I have friends who I trust and have great taste in music who are huge deadheads and so i'm like man what am i missing i try and then i just can't do it i can't i can't either yeah but i yeah i love it and um and apart from that i've I've been buying a bunch of like random pedals that are hopefully going to inspire me to do some new things um but nothing uh besides the shill that i'm like super in love with so yeah nice all right what what about you well speaking of amps um, I have a few updates over here. So, uh-huh. first of all, I don't think if you can, if you can see it, uh, my Ampeat switcher, which I've had for a while, I've had for mm. a few months, I finally got it all hooked up. So, the entire rack, every amp you see here, is now hooked up and running through the aux right there. Um, and it is fantastic being able to turn every amp on. And it doesn't blow a breaker, which I, I checked. I can run oh, wow. all the amps on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can just switch on the amp heat. And then this little guy right here is new, Tone King Imperial Mark II. Oh, yeah. So that came from Winter Nam 2020, so two years ago. Um, Boutique Amps Distribution, the company that makes Tone King, Soldano, uh, Friedman, Morgan, and somebody else? Uh, well, the Wampler pedals. Yeah, so they invited myself, Rick, uh, Fluff, a, a bunch of other guitar YouTubers out to this like pre-NAM event kind of thing. It was like, hey, come here and you can meet all the amp builders and talk to them and you can make uh, you know, videos and stuff. And I did. I, I interviewed all of – I interviewed uh, Dave Friedman, Joe Morgan, and Mike Soldano about what they think about modelers, which was fun. Mm. <laughs> uh, and as a thank you, they built all of us – amps they let us pick a tone king amp um what we didn't know at the time was that there was a global pandemic happening and right. so it took them about two years but i finally got my tone king amp and uh well and they caught on fire oh i didn't know they caught on fire boutique amps 
Yeah, did they? Remember? They had no. a huge fire. When? <laughs> like, I don't know, six months ago. Wow, okay. Well, I... still, there's no excuse for not to get my free amp whenever it was promised to me. Fire, uh, pandemic, whatever. I'm just joking, uh, by the way. I'd be a colossal see. asshole if I actually... In June. Me. Dang. Was anybody hurt? I don't think I heard about this. Well, it wasn't... So, the facility, their facility, they didn't... I don't think the fire actually hit them. It was in the same like complex and it mm -hmm. was, I think one of the units next to them and a it was all smoke damage and, and, and probably the sprinklers went off and I, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure that's great for their, yeah. their facility's cool. It's like a, I think it's in West Hollywood and it's like a world war two era factory. Like their, their facility made God, what was it? it was parts for bombers or something. And, mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's new. And like you have been buying a bunch of pedals and also I have joined the Marshall camp. Um, I'm making a video this week on that guy. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the plexi. So here's the deal. Um, that one's not actually mine. That's Rick Beato's. It's a 1951 or 1959 hand wired. So hundred watt plexi ratio. Right. I've got one on order from Marshall and a 412, but like everything else, supply chain issues, everything's backed up. So to make my yeah. video this week, I'm borrowing Rick's and then mine will show up at how, some point in the future. How did your four by 12 Marshall cab work out? So it is uh, in need of, <laughs> I found out, <laughs> I told you about this, right? When I was making the video about the cab and I plugged it up, started playing it, one of the speakers blew. Oh, and no, no. That took out the top row of speakers. Oh, so God. <laughs> I noticed when I was making the video, the close mic, because I had a room mic and I had a close mic, and the close mic was on the top left speaker. And I was like, it sounds really weird. Like, that doesn't sound like a speaker. It sounded like this. The whole thing was just like this. And I couldn't figure it out. So I went back downstairs and played it and stuck my head next to the speaker and realized, oh, only the bottom two speakers were working. Mm. And so I did the the nine volt test where I unplugged each speaker and like ran and I found that one of the top speakers is blown. So what I think happened with that cab is at some point when it was shipped, I think it fell off of something and landed on its back really, really hard because the baffle board was pulled out and I think it damaged one of the speakers. So I've pieced it all back together. The cab's been glued back together and pieced back together. And I just need to find one 16 ohm. 25 watt greenback uk made to replace wow. it but i can't find i can't find one anywhere so no, not nowhere really not I, that i've been able to find and you know what i think i saw one on craigslist in nashville hold on did you really i don't know well i don't know if it's 16 ohm but i know i saw i need it to be 16 ohm. if it is buy it right now and i will uh you. oh well there's there's it's a quad <laughs> uh and they are I don't know. I'll try to look and see. I can't. Why would you not take a photo of the ohms? Yes, they're all 16 ohms, so I don't know if they'll break them up. If they'll break them up, uh, send me the link. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's been going on. Well, that's exciting. Very so exciting. What's Well, how about this? How about we dip a rig, and then we talk about what our hopes and dreams and yeah. aspirations for 2022 are? Okay. Uh, all right, so we got a new feature here. We're we about got to a try new out. thing. Here we go. Ready and boom.
Whoa. Look at this. Whoa. Look at that. Look at that. Whoa. Whoa. So this rig is from, let me open the email, Mr. Neil Anderson. And he's a Mr. Anderson 59 in our Discord chat. Nice. And uh, he said, this is the best bar small cub club rig I could come up with. Uh, pretty much cover anything. And uh, he's added a few mythos to the rig, so thank you. That's not why I picked it. Uh -huh. I picked it because it was the most recent one. No, for sure, uh, dude. Yeah. And, and and everybody who's a who's a patron, uh, send us your rigs, new new photos if you've not been dipped. <laughs> yeah, or if um, you've got if you have been dipped and you've got a new rig and you want to be redipped. Yeah, or re double dipped. <laughs> double dip your rig. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, hey, so man, what we got here out. is a Friedman Runt Twenty. Um, which he says is loud enough to keep up with any drummer and has an XLR, XLR out with cab sim. Uh, he's got a 2019 Les Paul special with, uh, some new bridge stuff and, uh, uh, things like that. And then pedals, he's got a polytune, the blackout golden fleece we did for black Friday, the JHS unicorn, a normal crybaby wah, Keely compressor plus the Wampler bell light speed, an archer, a analog man modded EQ and then a, a mythos Oracle. And then he runs through the effects loop, uh, boss dimension C and a source audio collider. So we got a lot of, got a lot cool. of pedals here, dude, but this cool. is his main, main little setup here. All right. So guitar, Les Paul special. That's Easy. killer, especially for a bar rig. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's perfect for what he's doing with it right now. Leaning it up against the amp and just calling it a day. Yeah, you don't even have to play it. Just, just yeah, set just, it there. Just set it there. Walk away. Go get set a, a drink. beer. Set put a PBR up there, and you're you're good to go. Mm. Uh, it's stock, I'm assuming, looks looks pretty straight ahead. He said he, he changed the bridge, uh, but it doesn't say anything about changing the pickups. It says Gibson pickups. Awesome. Uh, are those yeah. the P100s in that? Or not in that. Just not that era. P90s? Okay. Yeah, the P100 stopped in like the early 2000s, because um, that's what is in. Uh, uh, Rick's guitar, and I had a, a special that had those, mm -hmm. but um, but no, they uh, they they're all normal, non hum canceling pickups now. Nice pedal board, I like it. Uh, pretty clean. I love yeah. the pink light speed. Hundred, uh, just bonus points for that. I couldn't tell that what that was the blackout golden fleece. There, I was about to ask, like, what yeah. is that weird? This looks like a black pedal. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that one? Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. Okay, yeah, it it's kind of hard to see it because it's um, and and just so you know, a little uh, inside pedal baseball here. If you see a blackout pedal and it's like a satin black and it has shiny black print, it's not actually black print. It's just clear and it makes the the black uh, satin glossy. Oh, uh, so that's how that's that's how we do it. Dude, I've but, been losing sleep over that for weeks. So I thought you. you might be. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I can finally rest easy at night knowing that. Um, Keeley compressor, four knob. Nice. Classic. Uh, analog Man, GE7. Now, is the Analog Man, is that the noise mod to, to clean it up? What, what's the mod on the GE7? So, if it's anything like what Brian Wampler used to do, and I assume it is because, like, you know, how much can you change? <laughs> um you change the chips to a lower noise chip, and then you change out some caps. And uh, you can also change uh, some components to alter how far the frequency sweep is on um, on the uh, each 
frequency uh, itself. Each or you can band. like you, you, yeah, each band. You can actually like recenter them a little bit if you want. Oh, so you can change the yeah actual points, EQ points. That's cool. Um, but the biggest thing is cleaning up the noise because they do hiss a little bit, and that I've done that mod to one of those, and it, it makes them dead quiet. So. Nice, nice. Now the Wazacraft Dimension C. Yes, that's super cool. I've got my eye on one of those. I think they're great. Total Prince, Prince tones, and going through the the effects loop of the amp there. Collider, yeah, we don't see the collider a lot. I have one, and I've actually been gigging with one. The few gigs that I had um, over the holidays was playing with Susie. We uh, they were both like opening slots, so I just brought my little mono board that I have here in the the slot, and I just threw that together. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a gig coming up coming up with Noah in Nashville in a few weeks, and that's what I'm going to use. I'm, it's like a three-song showcase kind of set. I'm not going to bring my whole big pedal board up for that. Right. And I've been using the Collider as the last thing on the signal chain there, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like delay, reverb, it's all, all you need. Nothing you don't. I know that uh, Jeff, who works with, with us, he just got one, and he loves it. So... It, yeah. it looks great. I, the, well, the, I, I've, heard, I've heard they sound great. My biggest complaint with Source Audio, and I think this is true about most of their stuff, it's a little goofy looking. <laughs> a little goofy looking. But they sound awesome. So It sounds know, whatever. Like it's a little goofy looking, and the editor is real clunky. I don't know if you've used like the no. computer editor or, yeah. at all. It, it's a little... It's a little uh, them and GFI, the, those two haven't really nailed down. It, the GFI one... And the source audio, at least last time I used it, looked like uh, it was a Windows 95 program that you're mm-hmm. using to edit stuff. But yeah, it uh, doesn't really matter, I guess. And then the Oracle. Now, here's the deal. I did a live stream on my channel a couple weeks ago. It was like, my favorite pedals of 2021. And um, I legitimately was like, oh, man, I want to use the Oracle. But I got that pedal last year. And nope. <laughs> so I can't use it. And I didn't use it in the live stream because my memory lapsed, and I thought you gave that to me in 2020. <laughs> so I just skipped right over it. No, I it, well, it came out in like G- January or February. It was yeah. really early of last year, and dude, I had a lot of people say that. Like, I literally forgot that that came out this year. Yeah, um, I thought it was a 2020 pedal. Yeah, but I do really love it. It sounds awesome. I know. I I've been playing it a lot more lately, playing it loud. Because now that I'm here, and not even just because of the you know the big ass amp, just being away from home and and not like having to worry about really bothering people that much, unless like Novo's having a meeting, then I'm not going to be cranking this stuff. But it it's it's been really informative about what I like and what I don't like, and things that I might want to change eventually. Right. But um, I, the the cool thing about the Oracle that you don't even notice until you play loud is how it uh. uh the preamp in it kind of livens your signal back up. Mm, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. But uh, what do you feel about this overdrive section here? Okay. I mean, anything that's got a light speed on it, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100%. Um, you've got the Klon. That's the Archer, right? The, the Archer icon, the gold one. Yep, yep. And then the Wampler, the mini pedal. I'm not familiar with that one, and it's hard for me to see on the screen. The bell, yeah, I should have sent you the picture. The bell is his uh, Nobles ODR one with a bass right, control. Right, right. So, which, you know, okay. people, okay. the ODR one is is so hot right now, and I don't know. 
So I typically my my general rule of thumb is uh and I got some heat on Twitter for this a couple weeks ago from somebody. Uh-oh. I'll look out. <laughs> somebody on Twitter's mad about something. Mm. Um I said that I traditionally think you don't need more than two overdrives in your pedal board. And I stand by that. I think two overdrives and a boost or a fuzz or maybe just one of each, a great overdrive and a great boost, it's all you really need. Now, this, we've got three different overdrive pedals, but they are all considerably different. Um, you got the ODR1, which I'm assuming is sort of the mid-gain kind of saturation thing. You've got the light speed, which... It looks like he's running similar to how I run my light speed, which is like really um, low gain, kind of transparent boost. Well, zoomed in here, the gain is at noon. Loudness is almost all the way up, and then the frequency's pushed. Okay, so that is a little different. I usually run my gain at 1 o'clock, loudness at 1 o'clock, and frequency at about 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, there's a boost, right? Really nice boost. And then the, uh, the Archer... Looks kind of the same way. Gain gains on the left, right? I can't see. It no, the, the gain is the middle knob on the okay. archer, so it's low. So he's using that as a booster. Okay. Yeah. But I like this. So that's essentially it's it's my formula: saturated overdrive, mid gain, low gain overdrive, and then a boost. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You're yeah, off to the races. I, I feel like the light speed um, and and the. The nobles, well, the bell, sorry, are a little bit, little bit redundant because um, I do feel I, I'm always surprised at how much gain the light speed has. Yeah, um, and an ODR one has a lot of gain too, um, more than you would you would think. I think most people look at it and say, "Oh, it's like a bassy tube screamer." It's not. It's not at all. Um, yeah. Just because it's green, but um, but yeah, I don't like. Well, we're not we're not we're not critiquing too heavily right now. So let's let's run through the rest of the stuff. So. Um, Keely compressor. Yep. You know how I feel about compressors. I feel the same way. But if you're going to have a comp on your board, I like the four knob. Might as well have a Keely. Yeah. Um, Standard wah, not true bypass, probably. Okay. Uh, So it's going to suck some high end. You're going to have a little bit recovery there if you're using the EQ and the the Archer has the buffer. Yep. Um, But I would true bypass that thing. Yep. And then the unicorn. Love it. I've got one. They're great. How do you, yeah. do, do you really like it? Like, I do. I do. I use it for, uh, in fact, I used it on, on the, the second of the two gigs, the holiday gigs I had because, mm-hmm. um, my Sir Henry is basically welded to my studio board All and right. so it doesn't come off and it needs, uh, an IEC plug. Oh, so I yeah. a vibe that just, I can throw on a board. I like the unicorn, um, or the retro vibe from jam. Yeah, and that the Univibe is something that I'm looking at. So, what do you mean you're looking at? Like a real one? Like, no, like for Mythos. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. All right. So, okay, then we should talk about that. Um, yeah. Maybe offline because Univibes are a weird thing to try yeah. and get right because there isn't necessarily a right one. Well, because the originals were there's kind of a wide range of sound there. So it's like, They're what pretty type of univibe sound are you going for? You know? Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's like, what's your benchmark, I guess is the question. Oh, well, uh, the Jimi Hendrix and then uh, dark side of the moon, like those, I think like if you can nail somewhere 
that covers both Jimmy's use of Univibe and then David Gilmore's use of Univibe on Dark Side. Because I feel like everyone like throws a phase 90 on a board and like, oh, that's, yeah. what Gil- that's the Gilmore thing. Like, I mean, mm. Univibe's a phaser, but like you it's watch not the, a phase 90. Yeah, you watch Dark Side of the Moon, the, the making of documentary thing, and <laughs> Gilmore's like, like, oh, here it is. And he like clicks on his fuzz face and the Univibe, you're like, oh, that's all it is? And an Echo? <laughs> Like wow, uh, it sounds so great. So that's that's where I'm trying to go. Maybe we can talk about that. But um, blackout fleece, golden fleece, we love it. We know it. Uh, some people hate it. <laughs> and then a polytune, and that's and it. then a polytune, and there it is. All right, and then the runt twenty, cool little amp. Oh yeah, the runt. Yeah, the, those are cool. So that's like a little bit more of a budget friendly Friedman, and not like budget in a cheap, but not as they're a little bit more mass produced than something like the dirty shirley or um like a be 100 not as but again if this is like a, a grab and go bar rig yeah you know perfect there's nothing wrong with something like that because it's going to get beat up you know especially if you're kind of bar band that's coming into spring and summer season you're probably playing a lot of outdoor gigs or like patio style bar gigs where that's you know inside outside there's drinks everywhere there's people everywhere oh yeah you know, that's nerve wracking. You don't want, yeah, you don't want to take your, you know, two rock or whatever, invention <laughs> box or your two rock and have someone <laughs> spill a beer on it. Okay. So what are we going to give this rig? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I give it, man, you know, I think it's pretty great. I'm going to give it eight and a half shoals. Wow. That's pretty high for you. You typically don't, typically don't go that high. Well, I like, I like the Friedman. I like the Les Paul. I like m- most of the pedal board. I, I think true bypass the wall. I would probably ditch either the bell or the light speed and just have two gain stages and then use your amp as like, you know, have the amp kind of kicking and then use your volume control and then use the pedals on top of the amp. Yep. Uh, but like you could cover everything with this pretty much. Yeah, so. I agree. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this 8.3 shoals because I agree with you. I'd probably ditch the, mm, it's between ditching the archer and ditching the bell for me. Yeah. The, the light speed is a for sure option. I'd say ditch the bell um, and probably ditch the compressor. I'm oh, yeah. Yeah. I ditch those two, clean the board up, and, and that would give you a little bit more. I wouldn't even add anything else. I would just get rid of those two elements, and then that would give you more space on the board since you don't have like a loop switcher. A lot, of, especially that drive section, those buttons are real close together. Yeah. Um, so I would give you a little bit more room to work with. Uh, and then, you know what I would add? The one thing I would add to this setup is a telly. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. Hey. Oh, man. Oh, I can't talk about it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know too much. <laughs> about what? About guitars. Okay. All right. Well, uh... is this something you'll be able to share after the show? Yeah. Mm. All right. Great. So there you go. 8.3 and 8.5. Was that yours? Yep. That's it. All right, if I play bass is watching, you know what you got to do. Update the list for Boom. 2022. Nice. So, yeah, if, you guys, uh, if you're watching, be sure to submit your rigs for next week's episode. That is uh, diptontonepod at gmail.com. Is that what just, it is? Just diptontone at gmail.com. Diptontone at gmail. You have to be a patron to submit your rig. So uh, if you're not signed up, you can check out the description box down below for more information. Yeah. So uh, somebody in the chat... 
I think it was Master Machetier might have mentioned like our New Year's resolutions. And I think it kind of, we could talk about all the things that we're hoping to accomplish and what, what we're looking to do in 2022. What There's you trying title. to do in 2022? Perfect. I gotta write that down because I'll forget. I just realized why I never wear this stupid watch. I, okay, just as an aside, a, a watch that's constantly like tapping you, like, hey, hey, mm-hmm. just hey, you got it. It's like, oh. what? It was like a smartwatch. Yeah, it's my this smartwatch. Tap-watch. I don't have a smartwatch. Don't uh, get one. They're stupid. I just have all my old. Oh man, uh, I, 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 eBay is bad for me. And um, so you guys know I bought the Ghostbuster watch. Oh yeah. Uh, and now uh, all the vintage, all the well, all the movies in the eighties, the watches everyone wore were like Seikos. Right. Well, because and, at the time, quartz was a big deal. Like quartz mm-hmm. timekeeping had just kind of hit the market, and it was a huge deal. So, well, in Aliens, uh, all the Marines. Have you you've seen Aliens, right? No. What? No. Have you seen Alien? Like with nah. the first one, dude, dude those movies oh. th- that stuff freaked me out so bad when I was a kid. I've just avoided all of it. Oh, like being so trapped in space and monsters. Yeah, and, and monsters, and I just, it stresses me out. Uh, like well, it. yeah, they, well, in Aliens, they have a Pulse Master, um, which is this Seiko that like checks your pulse, <laughs> right? Uh, but it has like a really, it's got a big silver button on it, and it's really cool. And now that's like, I want one of those. <laughs> Man, when Tenet came out last year, they mm-hmm. did a, uh, I forget the company that, that made it, but they had a watch that they used I'll in look. Tenet. And I won't, I won't, um, like it's, the watches are part of the story, so I won't blow it and like give you a spoiler alert, but there's like a mm-hmm. red version and a blue version. And as soon as I watched the movie, I jumped on to try and get one, but they were like 10, oh, 10 grand or something. Hamilton. Like yeah. The Hamilton Tenet watch yeah, is I, so cool. I, I started looking at Omega watches. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh, there was one, and just as a joke, I showed it to Morgan. I was like, I want to get this. She's like, oh man, that's beautiful. How much is it? It was $80,000. Yeah. Dude, watches, there's some, <laughs> there's some watches out there that don't, I want, I want a, Ro- I like watches. I'm not like a huge watch guy, but I like them. I want a Rolex Submariner, just a straight ahead Rolex Submariner. And it's a watch that I will wear every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that or an IWC big pilot. But that's like a really expensive watch. The the gig that I did with Noah, where we flew to the Middle East for two days to play in yeah. a, a acoustic set, that was for a watch company called Adam Piguet. They're like one of the big Swiss watch companies, and they made it was their corporate retreat. And um, craziest thing I'd ever seen. They make a watch called the Royal Oak, which is a big deal in the watch community. And I think those start at like forty grand, fifty grand. <laughs> Yeah, because I looked at it's one great. when we first got booked for the gig. I was like, "Oh, cool, maybe they'll like, maybe they'll give us a watch or something." Thinking they would be like a two or three thousand dollar watch, or you know, right? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, they'll give you like the the clasp of, of a watch or something. Oh, uh, look at that uh, machete in the chat. That's what I'm talking about, man. I love that watch so much. Just a straight ahead Submariner. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Very good. Cool. Anyways, this is not a watch podcast. This is not a podcast. So what's uh yeah what what do you what what's on your list for 2022? What are you thinking about? What do you want to do? Man, you know for me it's I'm 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 giving the guys more control and more um, responsibility, which is hard. It's I mean you know like we've talked about this a lot how hard it is to like relinquish control 
and and stuff. So McKinley's going to help me with social media and Jeff is going to start helping me a lot more with uh, inventory because that that's a full-time job basically like, Oh, we're out of circuit boards. Well, we can't build pedals. Great. Um, so like that is going to happen. But my big thing is I know I just did this, but I want to focus. I want to tighten up the screws on the brand's image. Yep. Um, so I posted a thing like a mock-up of the Argo with art reminiscent of the Oracle um, with a little box and a more script font. And then, you know, just slight, the slightly different, you know, but, but more stripped back, less of the hand-drawn sort of sketchy art on the bottom. Cause I feel like in the pedal world, that was what everyone did. That's what Walrus did. That's what Earthquaker did. That's what they still do. And that's like at a time I thought, well, that's what I need to do. And it doesn't, really represent me now mm. um and it didn't i mean ultimately it didn't represent me then because i had very similar taste to it, what i do now but i want to go through and tighten up the screws on everything and make this not i don't want to make it seem less boutique or less bespoke or whatever because a lot of it is still very much going to be that but i want when people to get when they get one of our pedals the box is branded everything in it is branded and like it really seems like we're even bigger than what we are which is i mean we we're bigger than what i th i think a lot of times because i'll i'll talk to friends who are in the industry and you know we'll talk numbers and it's like i'm always shocked at how much we're moving and it shocks people too which and i'm not trying to boast or brag i'm just like you get so tied up in working that mm -hmm. sometimes you don't see like what you're actually accomplishing. Mm -hmm. And um, I want the brand to be more representative of how far we've come. But, but I mean, ultimately the biggest thing I want to do is release more pedals that speak to the sensibilities that I have. And that's univibes, that's chorus, that's um, more fuzzes, that's more Spartan series stuff with fancy parts. Uh, you know, it's all of that. And uh, that's, that's what I'm, I, I want to start this first quarter and getting a game plan and then the rest of the year, just actualize it. And, you know, I want to, you know, make and sell more pedals and get in more places too. But, but ultimately it's like, I just want to make more cool stuff. Yeah. I think that's funny too, seeing you move into the modulation space. Yeah. Because that's not something that a year or two ago, whenever we started doing this podcast that I would have ever really pegged, but the, mm -hmm. I think the delay was such a hit that it it kind of proves that you can uh you can do well and do do that stuff really with your own sort of approach and your own touch because that's the thing it's like with the pedal market everyone does a phaser everyone does a chorus but it's like what's your approach to it and what's right. your take on it Which well and that's the thing too it's like i feel that the delay was very much like a litmus test a very expensive tech um to develop and release and stuff and i mean all of this is very it's all well and good um but you know one thing too is like will i be able to get parts because there's still a very much a part shortage going right. on but um like the delay is i mean it's pretty much as stripped back and boring apart from the tap that as you can get i mean not, not i don't think it sounds boring but from a feature set compared to what most people are doing where they're pushing for more and more and more um i mean just look at the collider you know there's an right. app for crying out loud right um the uh, like 
so the Univibe. I had not wanted to do a Univibe because it's like, what do I, what do I bring to the table? You know, like everyone else is doing this either. It, it's, it's either going where there's a lot of control, like where you, you look at like what JHS has with the tap and more features and um, subdivisions and stuff, or it's so replica driven that you're getting into like what all the other, you know, Sabadius or whatever that guy's company's name is. And like the, the one that you have, um, yeah. like, you know, what they're going for and like, where do I live in that? Cause I don't care about having a tap tempo or any other major features, but I also don't want to go through the great lengths of having a, I don't want like a replica PCB. Right. I don't want to have like, I don't want an IEC cord on it. Right. Um, I want it to be very functional for everybody and meet it, meet a price point. And that's the thing. That's the thing where I'm, I'm trying to, where I'm trying to figure out like how, wh what do I make a Univibe that represents mythos and would appeal to everybody um, regardless of what feature sets they want. That That's so hard. Yeah. Well, it's hard too with modulation because it, unlike overdrive or delay or reverb, modulation becomes such a fragmented space a little bit because mm -hmm. so for example like i rarely ever use chorus like it, it's cool but it's just not my thing you know I, right. I i struggle to use a chorus in any way that doesn't just sound like either andy summers or prince or something like that and that's just not typically the sounds that i go for right so when you step into the modulation space i think <laughs> things tend to get a little bit more fragmented and it can be tougher to, to kind of nail down a market. So, yeah, I mean, that that's one thing. And the reason I'm not a pedal builder, don't run a pedal company was because I, I would struggle, I think, with the idea of like, well, what am I going to bring to the table that's different? Now, with that said, I think we've been doing that really well with the, uh, the, the fuzz, the working title of SH1Z. <laughs> oh, I hate that name. <laughs> it's like Why? starting to, it's, I don't, it just annoys me. <laughs> it's just a working title. We're not going to actually call it that. You know, and, and that's funny too, because like I was thinking about that the other day, because I don't know if I told you or anybody this, everyone wanted the order switcher. And I think that's what's causing the, the noise. Like, and it, it, it's unusable. And, before I even really dove into it, I was like, well, shit, if we're going to do this, I need the relays to make the order switcher work. And the relays are, there's not many of them. And mm. so I spent a lot of money buying every relay that is specific to this circuit. The only person that I know uses it is Josh. And I know he's probably got, um, you know, 10,000 of yeah, them. Yeah. Who knows? He's got more than he'll ever need. Um, but I bought every single one that I could, and then the thing doesn't work. Uh, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> so I've got, I, I don't mean, know if I, I don't know if I want to use that. The, I don't know if it needs an order switcher. I think once we get it working, I don't know if anyone will ever switch it. Yeah, you know? I agree. And if it's a difference of like getting the pedal out in the right. next few months versus it doesn't come out this year because we can't get the parts and can't get the circuit figured out to get the order switcher in. I do just, just let's get the pedal out. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and that's one thing I've been doing too is like, 
buying up parts, like all these fuzzes that I want to do. Um, and I don't think I'm spoiling too much by saying that, uh, I've been buying so many transistors. So like, I'm, I'm trying to stock up and be like, have the ability to do whatever that we decide to use in, in our pedal and, and whatever things I want to make, I want to have enough laying around. But I do think the Shoyle's fuzz, if, if I just ditch all that switching, it's going to simplify things so much that I think it'll just work. Right. So. Right. Well, there you go. That's cool. What, what What are some things that you're hoping to do in 22? Well, i I want to get I want to get my continue to to really build my YouTube channel and and try and 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 push it into new spaces and just get better at it. Get better at it on a personal level. Get better at it from a production standpoint. Get better at it from a narrative standpoint. From an idea standpoint, I feel like. 2021 i got so sidetracked that you know with the house and then the collarbone and the whole thing that like i think my my channel that just the quality of my work sort of plateaued last year a little bit um and i want to change that i want to step things up i want to get back to the things that work like the what is the sound series and more teaching stuff but i also want to try and develop new ideas um i want to get the studio done get the studio built which is going to be a massive challenge it already has been a massive challenge um but i want to get that done and i want to get it built and i want to start working down there and and just see what kind of ideas come out of that space just see what happens you know i have visions of what i want to do down there but you won't actually know what comes out until you actually get down there and start working so right um on a practical level there's a few things i want to get the fuzz out I want to get the the Shorals fuzz out. When I was in Germany, I started talking to Daniel Klein of Port City Amps, who I've known for years. I mean, for 10 plus years at this point, I've I've known Daniel. And there was an amp that I used in Germany that I think he and I are working on. He just ordered parts today for a prototype. We're going to do a version of that amp that nobody else is doing i don't know of anybody that makes this amp circuit and it's one of the best sounding amps i've ever played i used it all over this record it's a vintage something um Secret. so uh r- there may be a signature amp coming out this year um which would be really really cool yeah i've never i never even thought about doing something like that like i never thought similar to what you were just saying with um sometimes you don't realize the impact or the success like you know the youtube channel right now is just me sitting in this room in this bedroom making videos about guitar stuff and you see the numbers you see the engagement you see the comments and everything and it's great it's great to get to engage with people but it's so hard to keep in mind that like oh this is 50,000 people or 280,000 people watched my video about a casino or whatever. Right. You know, it's really hard to keep that in mind. So, um, yeah, I forget where I was going with that, but, uh, oh, it can feel like really isolating. So I never thought that doing an app was like a, a viable thing. And then yeah. Daniel reached out late last year and was like, Hey, would you ever want to do something together? And while I was in Germany, I was like, you know, what would be really cool. <laughs> So, well, funny you should mention that <laughs> because I want to do something similar to that. 
uh, I want to partner with an amp company and and come up with an amp that's like I've had a few people suggest things that are cool, but I have an idea that we'll save. Uh, but I, I, I like I want to make a Mythos amp um, that like says Mythos on it, and it's built by someone else. Kind of like I, we saw the teaser for what Mason mm-hmm. uh, from Vertex is releasing, of like a, a D style combo, and that. I never thought, I always thought, well, if I'm going to make it, I don't have to make the damn thing, you know, no. No. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to partner with somebody and basically my thought, and I, you know, I don't know where you're thinking that you might not even have considered how, how this would work. But like, for me, it's like, I think I'd want to follow like limited batch releases where I say, okay, I want to order five. We're going to do five. You can buy them on this date. They're going to drop, and we'll sell yeah. them, and then and then yeah. see how they do. And then in six months or whatever, we'll do another. But I, I'm I really want to do that because going like playing a lot of amps lately has really reignited my love of amps. And honestly, just plugging straight in, Dennis DF got a vintage. I think it's a '66 Super Reverb. Nice. Oh, it sounds so good. And then I've been playing the Burnside Two Rock in the shop, and then of course the Bloomfield and this PRS HX, and um, it just I just I want to like I want to make that too. Yeah. Um, but that's really awesome, and I'm I'm excited to hear what it is that you are inspired so by. We but are, you can save it. You can save it. Well, so we we've actually talked about doing the same thing because I've never released anything like this before with my name on it and so there's two things that um one he sent over like a, pr- a preliminary sort of price list the other uh-huh. yesterday an email he was saying okay based off of the circuit that i spec'd here's the parts here's the labor here's what your cut would be and here's what the retail would be and it's it's not like a budget amp by any means but it's definitely not super astronomically expensive either it's like a right I think it's kind of in that like Dr. Z sort of territory. So for a sure. hand-wired boutique tube amp, I think it's really attainable, which is one thing I wanted. And then I think we are talking about doing like, we're going to build one or two prototypes, get the circuit right, get the sound right, get the aesthetic and everything right. And then I think the plan is to build like 10 or 20 and right. then put them out. There'll be a head version, a head and cab, and then there will be a combo version and just put them out and say, hey, there's 10 of these, there's 10 of these, and when they're gone, then we, you know, see how the demand is. Yeah. You know, because if they sell out in a day or two days, then we'll know, okay, cool, there's a market for this. And if it takes three weeks to sell them or a month, I don't I don't even know what the expectations are. Right. But, well, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I can give hints at what it is. Um, okay. It is a popular brand that at one time built amps that were really great that I love mm. that no longer builds amps even though they should have never stopped uh, and this particular one was a 1959 version okay <laughs> and has the best sounding tremolo I've ever heard on an amplifier ever okay so yeah all right yeah okay <laughs> uh yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> James in the chat says PV. <laughs> yeah. They still make amps. They, they still make released, amps. <laughs> they just released a new um, uh, 6505. That's a replica of the real 5150. 
what Fred who works in it for Volta doing all the setups and stuff. He's, he, uh, he's shred. They call him shred Holly. <laughs> Cause he shreds and he, he plays all sorts of, he, he loves all sorts of music, but he, he plays like heavy music and he like, he's like, he always comes in and is like, dude, they're really, they're re-releasing the 5150. I'm like, that's awesome. Nice. I, I don't I, want it, but I, don't want I, I want to hear it. <laughs> I can't play like that. I can't uh, but either. Here's, here's the question. Here's what I want to know. Cause like, I feel like Port City, and this is something that I'm like going to have to, to, you know, tackle as well. They have a very specific look with their cabinetry and their logo. If you're going to make an amp, is it going to be like a, a Rhett Shull amp or is it going to be a Port City Rhett Shull model and it'll have like, like what is the, what is in your head when you envision it, what is, what do you see? I see an amp that looks like something that could have been designed and sold in 1959. Okay. Um, cool. whether or not it has the port city logo on it, or I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put my name on That's weird. I, like the idea of doing, I know it's like a signature thing, but like, I wouldn't want to put, if I put my name on it, it would be like a very small little thing on the back of the amp or something like that. It would yeah, you would put like the a, RS logo on the face <laughs> on the grill cloth. Just, <laughs> just like this big, <laughs> big thing. Um, Man. God, I've, I would hate myself if I did something like that. So, <laughs> um, no, I think it would be really vintage inspired. Um, Daniel at Port City had an amp for a while called the Merino. Um, and I really liked the look. My friend Ben Forehand has one. Looking um, at his website right now. Yeah. The Merino combo was like a, it was kind of like a tweed esque sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the look of that little guy yeah merino combo we still got it um so maybe you know maybe we move the wave logo around i actually haven't talked to him about that yet the the main thing is like i want the amp to sound right first what, what? no <laughs> yeah like because right now this is very preliminary if we can't get it if we can't get the circuit dialed in and we can't get the tone dialed in it would then we'll just there will be one prototype and you know that's yeah. it but um yeah It'll be, I think, somewhere in the 20-watt to 30-watt range. Mm-hmm. Um, 6v6 with a killer tremolo. 6v6. Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably going to live more in the 20-ish watt. Yeah. yeah, a pair of 6v6s, I think. Yeah, I, so I'm, what I'm thinking, and feel, you know what? Leave a comment. Uh, what do you think... Um, Red Samp should be, and what do you think Zach Samp should be? The Mythos Samp. <laughs> Here, I want to do a leave a look at this. Look out. Oh. Uh, uh, Are you about to do it? Boom. Whoa. Whoa look at that. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been but, upgraded. <laughs> look at what Dave Jordan just put in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that up here? How do we get that up here? Uh, I'm going to have to like make a PDF oh, of it. Oh, God. Okay. We need to figure out a way to quickly get stuff up on the stream. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my thought is I want to do either a 2EL34 or 6L6, 30-ish to 40-ish watt amp um, that is as, as, as bare bones as I am. Uh, <laughs> And just really straightforward. And 
you know, I don't even know if I want to do a master volume. No, no, um, just, just do it, man. And, and like the, I'm not going to talk about like the topology or the, um, like the sonic characteristics of it yet. But what I'm thinking is like that it, it just have the most impossible to get a bad sound. Like that's what I want. Okay. I, no matter what guitar, if, if you plug in a humbucker or a single coil or whatever, you just turn your tone knob uh, and change a few settings and you're done. And that's what I want. And the hardest thing for me is like, I'm like, I think the sound will come easily. Um, but even when I design pedals, the first thing I do is I like draw a sketch of what I want it to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I have to do that with the amp first. Cause I think that will, that's your, that's going to inform so much about where you take it. Um, because like, if it's popular, you know, what, how is that going to look in a different color? Right. You know, what, what's a different grill cloth going to look like if you can't find the grill cloth material, you know, like those are the things that I'm thinking about. And, um, I, I just know that for me, I want to make something that stands apart and, and is, is recognizable, which is, that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird, man. Like having the opportunity to do this, whether it's like under your company's name or under, you know, like in my case, my name and someone approached me to do it. It's, it's something I actually never really thought about because, you know, if I was going to do like a divided by 13 signature, I mean, it would, it would just be one of these amps like it's already been right. done there's nothing yeah. i would want that isn't offered between one of these two amps and oh by the way this is a signature amp the rsa 23 is rusty anderson's like dream amp you know so right. to me it's like okay well if i have the opportunity to do this what's something that i don't currently have that i really want that i think would be really useful for a lot of people that's pretty hard to come by mm -hmm. right now because the only examples that i know of are vintage and aren't cheap or if they are cheap they're not working so right you know that's kind of the idea well that's awesome and i and i think amps are i think amps are in an interesting place right now i know that amps um every amp builder i've ever talked to said there's no money in amps <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. they're they're not very encouraging um but like i i think there's such a cool um there's so many cool like throwback not not throwback the brand but like throwbacks to classic things coming out there's a those harmony amps look so cool yeah I, they sound good like uh, rj did a demo sounded awesome i was yeah. like well, i kind of want one and then uh i was uh watching a video for a new well i think it might have come out like a year ago a supra royale mm, and it's mm -hmm. like a loud clean amp and that thing looks cool i don't know i'm just like i'm i'm kind of fired up about amps so. i i've always been fired up about amps i love yeah. amps i love them i mean they're just so cool like the, the the analog nature of them and the tubes and they get hot and they smell a certain way and they yeah. ugh, i love them what i would love to do too is figure out how to how to reamp or sorry remake one of these i know is, i know is that the um, univox uh no that's the multi-echo oh well yeah, yeah. who made that um, multi-vox multi-vox yeah some, some Italian company from the seventies. Mm. Um, and I know like echo fix from Australia, they're, they're doing a modern like tape echo, which is, I think like an RE 201 kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so, there's so much stuff to do. Yeah. That's like, 
you have you'd have to do like an approximation of what it does digitally i feel like and let I me mean, unless you just want to go full-fledged like make a tape delay well yeah but, that's that would be the biggest i mean you would never make a single dime off of that i feel no. like um and i did talk to josh briefly about that like hey what if we what if because i got i bought this because of his video on tape echoes mm-hmm. and this was the best sounding one and um he loves them he's got a couple of them and i was like dude what if we like did a jhs version of the multi-echo and he's like yeah that was great and then it never went anywhere um <laughs> but yeah man the knobs on it are so cool i know it's the That's coolest the, thing the font and the knobs are like the key the right key <laughs> to the multi-echo the reason i love it so much um and the re201 does this as well but to a different effect it's about the preamp and yeah. the spring reverb it, it putting that in front of your amp it's something else man dude maybe that's a thing like everyone does an echoplex preamp pedal does anyone do oh here's a schematic i already found it does it's anyone a do a multi-vox preamp, preamp. pedal yeah uh, uh, uh-huh. is this the second shoils uh-huh. <laughs> i can't i hate when you can't rotate a pdf all right but yeah no, that's great. Well, I think I think we just about covered it. I think we did it. I think we're done. I don't Wait, think. We what are we do doing another... in 2022? I don't even remember uh, what we talked about. We're, it's over. We're just doing it, man. It's done. We're... Here we go. This is it. Uh, you have a shill of the week. I do. Yeah. So, All right. uh, you're you're to blame for this. <laughs> yeah, there dude. It is. Strymon Deco Blackout. Black. Tell Mob. me, tell me, it's not the coolest pedal you've bought in it, recent memory. You just stick it in front of your amp, and then it sounds like your amp's on a record, and it's, it's done. It's so good. I'm, I'm telling you, people, people still think I'm like full of shit on the deco for some reason, and it's, it, it's so good. It's still one of Strymon's, I guess, least popular pedals because I don't think people know what it does. Yeah, it is kind of like you got to, you got to play with it. But once you find what you want it to do, it's like that's the only thing that could do that. <laughs> oh my God, Vader's in the chat. Uh huh. Ah, <laughs> um, no, it is. It's and it's so good as a. I mean, you don't do much recording, but if you do, what I highly recommend with the Deco is hook it up to your interface as uh-huh. an effects insert. Go stereo in, stereo out, and run your drums through it. Oh uh, yeah, it's wild. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely adore the Deco. That's awesome. Do you need yeah. a deco if you have a timeline? Calky Doss asked. Yes, they're completely different. They, yeah, the, they they don't do anything that's the same. Just the tape saturation alone on it is is so wicked. But the fact that you can like sum, invert, and bounce like the the signal to get all the different like weird effects and how they layer with your your clean signal, it's like it's incredibly useful. And you put that in front of that big marshall style amp oh it's so good it's like ah oh, man look at how me. do you use the the flange side the tape side like do you use it as a slapback or do you use it as a flanger or chorus or a double tracker what do you do more of a double tracker to make it yeah. sound kind of like Bigger. late 60s 70s gu- recorded guitar yeah. yeah yeah man it's so good for that dude i'm yeah, telling yeah, yeah. you you got to get a deco you got to get one you got to get one you're not cool unless you have a deco that's a fact you heard it here first, folks. All right, let me get my shill. Hold on. But I think Yay. this isn't going to surprise anybody, but... Uh... Ooh. 
Oh. Dude, let me tell you something. This guitar right here has absolutely blown my mind. Uh, for those of you in audio world, this is my Chinese-made Guitar Center bought Epiphone Casino. It's and the best guitar they make. It's so good. It's so good. I can't get over it. Uh, my assistant Chris and I, like, this has been basically the only guitar. This and my my Sarah's J have been the only two guitars I've played for the last like three weeks. Um, it's so good. I do have some plans for it. Um, gonna swap the electronics, and yeah. we'll probably swap the pickups, and I'll swap the pickup covers to black. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the black plastic. Um, but dude, it. It plays great. It it does need a setup. It needs the nut at least filed, but I'll probably replace the nut as well. Um, you should put a nylon nut. That would be like the old school. Oh, really? That's thing. the move? I mean, that's what they had, you know? Like, I was going to go with a bone nut because I always put bone on my guitars. Well, but I mean, that's that might be its own <laughs> podcast, but I mean, like that guitar back in the day would have had nylon because that's right. what all of them had. And I don't think, you know, everyone... I tell people that and like put bone in it. Why would you put like cheaper plastic? I was like, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's how they, they sound. Yeah. Well, I tell you what I want. Um, and I talked about this in the video I did on the casino, but if you go watch the five watt world video on the guitars of get back, mm. Tim Pierce shows up in that video and he's playing a 62 casino. That's visually basically identical to this guitar, but it's a real mm-hmm. one, real yeah. vintage one. And he's got flat wounds on it. But the tone that he gets from that casino is what I want this to do. Now, I understand. Listen, don't you don't need to at me all over the place. Well, it's Chinese made and it's poly and it's... I know. I get it. But you can get close with a pickup swap, go into flats, uh, probably swapping the electronics over, which is something I want to do anyway. And that's yeah. the one thing about these the Chinese made import guitars is the pots and the electronics they're using are garbage. Um, but... I have to say, man, the fit and finish on this guitar is pretty spot on. Um, they're doing it. Epiphone's I, doing it. I played, this was months ago, I played a, they they did like an olive drab flat finish yeah. one. Yep. I played one of those at Guitar Center and I was like, wait, it was like $400? Yeah. I could, I was, I almost bought it. So I was like, I don't need it. I, I don't need it. But man, I think... You throw some good pots in there and pickups. Pickups is going to be, I think that's going to be the hardest journey. Yeah. Because uh, P90s are, in my opinion, notorious to get a good balance set. And you only want to change the pickups in that guitar once. Well, here's so. the deal. I'm not going to change these pickups. In well, guitar. No. I'm going to get Dave on Arado to do it because um, I changed the pickups in my Black Falcon. Oh, which uh, I did. I did a video on it like two and a half years ago, three years ago, whenever mm-hmm. it was. And when I tell you it was a nightmare and I almost destroyed my guitar because I didn't know what I was doing. It was, it was nightmare. So yeah. I'm going to get Dave to help me. Um, I'm currently trying to spec. I emailed Emerson custom last week to see like with a, I want to get one of their pre-wired kits, but the thing is, Nobody makes a casino specific one. They're all 335 specific. Yeah. And so I emailed them. I was like, hey, can you just make basically a 335 kit, but with 250K pots and with probably. Two fi- oh, 250. Yeah, because these are single coils, right? Mm-hmm. Those are 500, baby. Oh, these are. Well, then I can just do a three uh, 335 set. 
Yeah, and the whole placement might be different. But honestly, like Dave could probably just make it. You just give him the pots. He probably yeah, has the pots. I know, but I mean, it, it would just save a bunch of time. Is yeah. What I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah. No, those are five hundred k. Any if it is a, like above the if it's a Gibson guitar, it's got five hundred k. Pretty much always and forever. Amen. But dude, even even like unplugged this guitar. Like that doesn't suck, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think, man, just those two changes. The only other thing, the nut, and then maybe, and I'll email you or text you. I would change the bridge because I mean, like when you think about it, those are your two places where your strings are doing the most. Sure. Um, I would put a probably like a solid, uh, like a Faber or a Callahan, Callaham, whatever it is, uh, like replica ABR, and it should go right on the post, so you should be good with that. Yeah. Um, but. You're gonna get better travel and better setup, and you know. It's so tell me, talk to me about this too. Tell me, talk me out of having this guitar stripped and resprayed. Oh, don't, don't. It, like, it is, that's the only thing because all the other stuff you can swap, swap and eat and easily do, but the poly on this is so thick. No, I wouldn't do it. The only thing I would, the only thing that I've seen people do on Epiphones that oh. that make me want to do if I ever got one and I would want to do it myself is they will kind of mat the finish up with mm -hmm. a scotch bright or just some really fine sandpaper. Well, I definitely go. want to do that to the back of the neck because yeah. the neck is super sticky. I it just, you're not, it's going to be more of, you're better off just buying a, the American made Epiphone. Which you know, interestingly, yeah. I do want to, I want to email Gibson and see if they can send me one. Cause I would like to shoot it out. Because that's what twenty seven hundred bucks. Yeah, they're not three, cheap. Three grand, something like that. Yeah, this was seven hundred. So it's like you know, I would actually be genuinely curious, and that might make a cool video, like shooting yeah. out the the Chinese version versus the American version. But um, I think if you satined up the finish, I mean, Dave could probably do that pretty easy. It, it would it would make it look more expensive. <laughs> Right, um, make it more look like a, a lacquer finish. Yeah, but it's like you know, I don't know, if you enjoy it and you can make it sound how you want it to sound, like I don't know, who cares if it's a little shiny? I mean, as long as the neck feels right. Yeah, the oh, last guitar so good, man. It's funny. Who'd have thought, man? Mm -hmm. Not me. Well, I think we've just about done it. Man, this is a good return to form for us. That's right. I'm happy we're back. Uh, looking to uh, get more consistent back in 2021. So if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed. Oh, Jesus. 2022. Oh, my God. Uh, subscribe. Oh. Follow us on Patreon. Do all the things. Yep. You know what to do. Bye, everybody. Bye.